It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Gardening on C103 with Bandon Co-op Garden Centres in Bandon, Kinsale and Enniskeen. For top quality plants, advice and value, think Bandon Co-op Garden Centres. C103. And Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com uh, joining me uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and we're so sick of the rain, but the forecast is really good for the weekend and into next week. And hopefully for the next six months. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want. Okay, straight in with questions for you. And I know you're going to love this one. This is from Mary. It says, Hi, Patricia and Peter. I have a holly bush, Gold King. It was losing its leaves and was gone woody and dead on the lower level. I contacted you a number of weeks ago and Peter advised to spray with copper sulphate. I did this. Also put down seaweed around the base. Great results. I'm now starting to see new shoots coming up on the dead wood. I'm wondering, should I spray it again with copper sulphate? Thanks to Peter for all the great advice. I, I, I get nervous when you say you love this before a question. I say, <laughs> will I really? Uh, but no, that's good to hear. Good to hear that it was successful. But no, I wouldn't use the copper sulfate again. So copper sulfate, I recommend it a lot on this program, Trish. And it's a good, it's my kind of go-to weapon in the, in the antifungal uh, armory, if you like. It's a good broad-spectrum organic fungicide. But when I say it's organic, it is certified for use organically, but under caution, if you like, or under advisement. Basically, what that means is that you don't use it willy-nilly. You don't go out there every few weeks with it. You use it once or maximum of twice in a year. Uh, I would always kind of just use it once in a year. So it's all about getting it at the right time. And if it was a, a few weeks ago, kind of March, April was the perfect time to apply it when leaves are coming back and the growth is starting again. So you've had good results with it. Uh, no need to use it again. Uh, maybe maybe give it a, another dressing with some either seaweed or a seaweed feed. But uh, no, no need for the copper sulfate again. But well done, Mary. Well done. And another Mary has emailed uh, looking for advice, please, about rhubarb. I planted three crowns, which were doing very well, putting out leaves and new shoots. They, they'd been, they've been manured and fed seaweed and watered occasionally when there was no rain. We covered them overnight in case there was a risk of frost. Over the last two weeks, they failed, drooped. Edges of the leaves yellowing and by the looks of it, the new leaves are dying back. Where did I go wrong? Should I leave them in place or dig them up and start again next year? Thanking you from Mary. I've been trying to do nothing, Mary. I've been trying to just leave them uh, and see what happens. Those leaves could die off and wait for new stuff to come. You've, you know, from from the way she's described it, she's done everything by the book perfectly. You know, uh, seaweed feed, um, water them when necessary, cover them from the frost. 
I, I wouldn't be too worried about it at all, being honest. I think it's probably just establishing and settling in. The, the, the only thing that maybe did happen is that you actually killed them with kindness, but hopefully not killed them with kindness, but maybe set them back with kindness by giving them too much seaweed and too much plant food and manure. Um, so I would concentrate now very much on, I know nature has done it all week, but from now on I would concentrate very much on watering uh, and less feeding. And keep us posted. I think that, I think you'll probably see new leaves come on that later on. Okay, hang in there Mary is the, the advice. Maureen and Bantier has what she calls a thing growing around her garden. She reckons it's called St. Joseph's Lily. It's got an orange flower. Um, they, she said you often spot it out on the road sides. Can we cut it down? There's a lot of it. It seems to be taking over our garden. It's growing over and around shrubs. Any idea what that could be? St. Joseph's Lily. I don't know what that is. With an orange fa- flower, is it Mount, is it Mount Brescia? That's what I'm wondering. Is it Mount Brescia, which, which obviously is orange flower, and it, do, it sounds like it, it does take over everywhere, uh, but it wouldn't be in flower at the moment, obviously. <coughs> um, if it's, look, regardless of what it is, if it's invasive, if it's spreading too much and taking over, yes, you can. And, and the thing is, by cutting it back, and particularly if it's Mount Brescia, cutting it back, of course, will do nothing. And I would say whichever one it is, it's obviously quite invasive. And I suspect cutting it back over the ground will only be kind of like pruning it. You really want to, uh, and let's presume it is Montgrisha here for a minute, you really do need to get in there with the spade or the shovel and dig it down and get those corms and the tubers out uh, because cutting it back over ground isn't going to do anything. You just, as I say, give me a haircut, it could come on stronger and better uh, after you do that. You really need to go at it with a, a shovel or a trowel or a spade and, and get the root system out as well. If you're wondering if it's the right time of the year, uh, if you only want to get it out and get rid of it, it doesn't matter. You do it now. Uh, if you wanted to, and I, this, I know this isn't the case, but if it was a case of you wanted to get it out and repot it or move it, then I would say no, you would do that during the winter. But uh, if it's the case of you just want to get it out and dump it, uh, then do it now, yeah. Okay, question for Peter, please. I have containers of pansies which have flowered all spring and are actually still in flower. Uh, I'm wondering after flowering, do I cut them back? Would they flower again? Advice, please. Well, it's kind of when you say after flowering with pansies, there, there really is no after flowering season with pansies. So most pansies nowadays, the bedding ones that you would buy, they're called universal hybrids. Uh, so what that means is they flower pretty much 12 months of the year. So you used to have summer flowering pansies and winter flowering pansies, but nowadays they're all universal, really. It just depends on when they're grown as to when they're available in the garden centres, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, a summer crop and a, and a winter crop, but they're really they're all the same plant. So uh, when the flowers, they don't finish flowering, I'm saying all that, they don't tend not to finish flowering, but as flowers go off, just pinch them off or remove the dead flower with a scissors, and that will you will have more flowers. In, in answer to the question, but by removing the dead flowers, by deadheading, if you like, you will get more flowers. Uh, and particularly if you feed them with tomato food, the good, the nature-safe tomato food, uh, that will promote more flowers. But there, there tends never to be a period anymore of not flowering. So, so just keep deadheading and keep feeding and they'll keep flowering. Yeah, I've got pansies in a pot and they seem to be flowering all, all year round. And for such a delicate little flower, they're really hardy. Oh, they're tough as old. Yeah. The only thing really that can get them is uh, there's a, a little black spot that can come on the leaf, so they, the leaf starts going yellow and black spotted. 
which is a fungal infection, which unfortunately there's nothing nothing you can do about it. If they ever get that, they're finished. Just take them but, out. And they, they tend to have that before you ever get them. So they tend to have it in the garden centre or in the nursery. So if you have it, get rid of it. But if they don't have it, yeah, yeah. they really are yeah. resilient plants. Hi, question for Peter, please. Uh, could you, when do you spray potatoes? Do I wait until there's a blight warning? Says the listener. Yes, you would spray them with copper sulfate as a preventative, also called bluestone. Um, yeah, it's certainly far too early now to even be worried about blight or worried about spraying them. So absolutely, you wouldn't. If it's a, if you're growing a first early or even a second early, like British Queen or Home Guard or any of those, uh, you won't have to worry about spraying them at all. It's only for the main crops. Uh, and where are we? We're only in the middle of May. I wouldn't even be worried about that second half of June onwards. When you get a blight warning or if you see any sign of, of blight uh on your potato, obviously, or even if you have tomatoes growing or anything like that, if you have any sign of blight, then in the first instance, remove it with a, with a, a secretaries or scissors and then apply your copper sulfate and water. But it's all about getting the timing right. Now is far too early, I would say. Question for Peter, please. I have a long, narrow bed with different bedding plants, but something seems to be eating my plants. Could you recommend something? I have a few hydrangea plants in that particular area of the garden as well. Something's I, eating bedding plants. Uh, I, I, I kind of can't really recommend something without seeing what the damage is or what might be causing it. So um, it's most likely, being honest with you, it's most likely slugs and snails. So when it comes to slugs and snails, you can use, there are lots of barrier project, products out there. One called Slug Gone, which is like a wool pellet, which creates an impenetrable layer. Or sorry, not an impenetrable layer, but it creates a layer that's the, the slug can't get across. There's the surface the slug or snail can't walk on. They're slug gone uh, pellets. You, you wet them and the, 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 the slug can't get across them. You also have, for plants that are growing in pots, you have copper tape that the slug can't get across it. But in this situation where it's a bed with, with different mixed bedding plants, I would look at either using a slug trap, which is like a, a slug trap which is set in the soil. You fill it with beer uh, and the slugs are attracted to the alcohol and they, 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 they die, but they're unavailable to the birds and hedgehogs. And why that's important, Trish, is because, unfortunately, still most slug pellets sold in Ireland contain this very nasty active ingredient called metaldehyde. Now, metaldehyde, as an ingredient, is no longer it's banned for sale in many European countries, including England. Uh, but unfortunately, here in Ireland, it's still very readily available over the counter to anybody. And it's not only toxic to slugs and snails, but you see it's also toxic to their predators, they're, they're the hedgehogs and the birds and but also our domestic pets. And the metaldehyde is toxic to us humans, but freely available to scatter all around the garden. So that's why I would urge anybody, if you are using slug pellets, take that one second to look for the active ingredient on it. If it says metaldehyde, leave it Don't don't go near it. But you can get slug pellets now. They're widely available, containing ferric phosphate. So it's just iron phosphate, effective against slugs and snails, but safe for surrounding wildlife. So... Either use your slug trap, use your barrier products such as slug gone around your plants, uh, or else use the ferric phosphate pellets. But as I say, that's just me guessing that it's slugs causing the damage. I can't say for certain, obviously, without seeing it. And I take it this kind of wet weather, does that suit the slugs? Oh, suits them down yeah. to the ground. Yeah. I saw one the other day. Oh, my God, it was huge. It must have been a good old, and it was in my own garden, it must have been a good old munch or something, but I haven't seen what yet. Mm. But yeah, there's loads of them. Uh, Hi, should I trim window box petunias on the side closest to the window glass? If so, by how much, says the listener. Do you know what? There's no right and wrong in that. I would say yes, because, uh, but there's no how much to it. It's just you're cutting them away to stop them going 
onto the window. Do you know what I mean? So it's not it, it, it's, it's a preference. Not a cultural pruning, if you like, it's just a, a pruning to keep it keep them away. Keep from it the, the window as much as much as you need to. In answer is the answer really. Peter, uh, advice please. I have some lovely purple. Is it Ambrisia? Ambrisia. Aubrey, maybe. Aubrey, maybe that's what it is. But it never flowered yet. It flowers early every year, but no flowers this year. It's green and healthy looking. What would Peter think? I'd say that's Aubrey. Is that purple? It is purple. That's what it, it is. It should be in flower by now. You know yeah. the one, Trish, it's, it's on, you see it growing out of stone walls around the oh, place. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 You know it's it. a cottage uh, garden sort of a flower. Yeah. It's yeah. a lovely, lovely little alpine plant. Um, it should be a flower yet. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit at a loss as to why it hasn't if it's not a new plant. Like the, the colour says they know it normally flowers early but not a sign of it yet. Things are a bit later this year definitely because of the low temperatures right into May and the, the awful amount of rain. So yeah, I'm going to hazard a guess that it is the low temperatures that is delaying it. But you know what? A shot at tomato food again will do it no harm. It might promote some flowers Um but no, beyond that, if it's healthy and green, it should and if flower, it is Aubrisha, yes. I'd say it should still come. Yeah, OK. Hi, question for Peter, please. Part of my rhododendron and some of my hydrangeas got burnt in the frost. They don't seem to be growing back. Should I cut them back? That's from Mary and Kiskame. Well, they will grow back to Mary, is the first thing I'd say, but the, it would do no harm to cut them back, absolutely. The rhododendrons, the only thing is with the rhododendrons, if the flower buds are on them, and if the flower buds haven't been damaged by the frost, then cutting them back now, you'll lose that. Um, don't worry that it hasn't kind of recovered yet from it, if you like, because it's, it, nothing happens overnight in the garden, except, of course, the frost damage. But the, the repair doesn't happen overnight. It'll take a few weeks and even months, but they should get over it. Uh, so if the, if the rhododendron has flowered and it's finished, feel free to cut it back. It's a good time to do it anyway. Uh, if they haven't flowered, and if the flowers look healthy, I would wait till it does flower and, and cut it back then. And with the hydrangeas, yeah, you could certainly do It's only superficial damage on probably the, the, the terminal buds. So, yeah, certainly give it a light trim and that will come on in no time at all. And you've literally just answered Marie's question, who literally texted in saying, can I cut back my uh, rhododendrons now? They're going off flower and they're getting too big. And now is the right time? Absolutely. As soon as the flower is finished, cut them back. Uh, the reason for that is because growth they will produce now after you cut them back is what will produce flower buds for next year. So you don't want to, to cut it back too late because you lose okay. next year's flowers. Anyway. Get cutting back now. Margaret and Douglas, uh, we planted a miniature apple tree about two months ago and it's flying up. Our question now is, do we need to trim it or we, do we just leave it? I've also heard that birds eat the apples. Is that true? If so, what can I do to prevent this? Okay, I wouldn't trim it. No, I'd leave it do its own thing for the first couple of years. Uh, and when you are trimming it, maybe next year even, uh, during the winter, um, what you want to do is create a good open centre when you're trimming. So just bear that in mind. That's what you're, you're striving for all the time is a good open centre with no crossing branches allowing good air circulation through the crown. But I wouldn't do anything now. Um, and yes, of course, it is true. I'm afraid that birds will eat the apples. Uh, I, that, that's what they do. They go for the berries in the trees, no matter how big the berry. Um, how it, what you can do to prevent it really is just, it, it's difficult. And the only way to, to do it effectively is to, create a cage around it to kind of suspend netting all around it. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about it. It tends not to be a huge problem, particularly in a small garden. Uh, but it depends if you have a large garden and if birds, you know, can get at it and you really want to protect it, then I would put a, a fruit net around it, a fruit cage around it. It's part of nature as well, though, isn't it? Allow them to have a 
some of the apples. They won't, they won't eat every apple off the tree on you. They won't. Okay. And even if they just have a hole in it, the apple will still be fine. Just okay. fill out that hole. Question for Peter. I have a Japanese Acer tree. All the leaves have gone off. It's just a few left. What can I do? It's two years old and they're a beautiful tree. They are gorgeous. Difficult to answer that one now, definitely, without seeing it. Because it could be just, particularly if it's in a pot and it just dropped its leaves, it could be a question of it dried out. It could be something caused by, like I was in a garden this morning where uh, a mature Japanese maple, all of one side has gone brown, but it's, it's, it's wind damage and it's caused by just because we had a north, a, a wind from the north, a particularly cold northerly wind that just damaged this side of the Acer, which it normally wouldn't because we normally, we normally don't get northerly winds, obviously. Um, so a lot of the leaves have fallen off that and I will continue to fall off it until the, the, the plant gets over it. Uh, so it could be caused by wind, it could be caused by a frost, it could be caused by drying out, anything when, it, when it's only two years old. It could be any of those environmental factors, Trish, but equally you see it could be a fungal infection. So without seeing that one, it is difficult to, to say. Uh, if it's in a pot, make sure it doesn't dry out during the summer. Uh, and if, it, if, it, if obviously it's probably not dry right now. So if it's in a pot uh, and it, it, you keep it well watered, then I would be confident that it will come back into me. OK, and 30 seconds for this one. A rose bush died on me, so I planted a new one. That died too. What am I doing wrong? You can't plant a new rose in where an old rose was. And in that 30 seconds, if I may, Trish, just very quickly, uh, a big shout out to Bernie. I'm sure her surname is Downey from the HSE who gave me my, my second vaccine. Hey, hey. Sunday. Thank you very much, hey, Bernie. Hey. And and uh, I know she listens to your show, so probably too busy to listen to it okay. now. But a big thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Well done. Them, well done. Two weeks and you're fully vaccinated then, isn't it? I think it's one week. I've had my second visor shot. I think it's this weekend. Now. One week. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Listen, mind yourself. We'll talk next Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. that. Bye bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.